0: What's up, guys? I'm Roy with the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Today, I'm joined with Dennis, and we got a doing? special guest today. His name, his his beautiful name, is Casey G. We'll we'll keep your last name secret. All right, we'll keep you like the anonymous little special guest that everybody just wants <laughs> to see because you're so cute. Okay. Definitely. All right, all right, Casey, go ahead and introduce yourself, man.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, my name's Casey. I'm a sergeant in the U.S. Army. I've been strictly with the U.S. military police the entire time. I've been in obviously to Fort Leonardwood, and I've been to Fort Carson, and now I'm currently in Schofield Barracks, Hawaii. Beautiful Hawaii, as you can see from the the nice little palm tree right there. Um, so far I've been having a great time. I've known Dennis and Aubrey for going on almost five years, I've known them for a long time, and and yeah, yeah. It- and I'm super excited to see where this podcast
0: goes. Oh yeah, <laughs> glad to have you on.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm just now noticing those uh, palm trees in the back, and it's giving me like nostalgia from Florida now too. Dennis, Facts. you you know, you see the palm tree, you're like ah, yeah. oh, home. You get flashbacks and shit, like ah, oh, the beaches, the palm trees. But this motherfucker's living up in the best beaches and palm trees.
2: Facts. Try not to have a coconut take you out. <laughs>
1: I think there' no, there's none right above me. That'd be a waste for the podcast, though. I get
0: knocked out by a fucking coconut. Cool. Uh, All right, man. So I I want to start this off with a uh, a really good question. I think this question, um, if if you need to take a moment to think about it, I really want you to kind of like dig deep for this one. I want to start it off a little bit on that uh that that uh that brotherly type of talk and conversation. Okay, so what? What is one core memory that you have with your entire experience in the in the army? In the army? Yeah. What's one core memory that stands out? Like when you think of the army and you look back and maybe let's say ten years and somebody asks you, How was the army? What's what's gonna be the first memory that pops in your head?
1: So since I have a deep such a deep love for the army, it's obviously gonna be great times because with everything, any job you have you're gonna have ups and downs but with you guys, like, I remember there's so many times where me and Aubrey have interacted while we're both uh, under intoxication, and they're just the best times in the world, and I feel like I wouldn't have been there without the military, like, me and me and Merkling always going to Dutch Bros, jamming out, like, just hanging out, always seeing that one dog in the back of the guy's uh, pickup truck standing on the toolbox, like, core memories just that I have, yeah. just just like the boys, and like, even the females—I don't know how you guys work this—but everyone, <laughs> <us, laughs> everyone who was with us, everyone who was with us—it's just been a great time. Um, there's been a lot of times in the field. There's been a lot of times just like over at the company. There's been a lot of times out on the roads. Just there's there's not one I can like dive in specifically on, but like I would say Fort Carson in general. Like when we were all there at the same time in that beginning, and we would just like thrive off of that like nostalgia of being young in the army and just like expecting so much, always thriving to do all this stuff. Like creating like a great friendship there, like that that will never ever leave my body. Like or my mind, honestly. Like it's it's been so it's been so much fun. And it it's it like means so much to me because like these are you you guys are gonna be people that I remember for my entire life. Like when I have kids, I'm gonna be like Uncle Dennis, Uncle Aubrey, like I wish you guys saw them in the heyday. Like now they're old and decrepit.
0: Like oh, we're, we're not day. that old, all right? We're not that old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are. All right, all right. So if if <laughs> when you when you mentioned girls, if you're referring to Fitz, let's be honest, she's hung as fuck. Okay, she's she's yeah. a boy. She's a boy. Um, yeah. she's one of the homies. One of the homies. So one of the OG homies. if if I could. That that was very broad, but I, but thank you for sharing that. If you could hone in on just one memory, just for one sure. that that really sticks out in your head, I, I I'd love to hear it.
1: It would probably be when me and Merkling lived next to each other in the barracks, and we all sat down in the common area and we started drinking. And you remember when Rod put on the trench coat and the helmet and he jumped into feeling and he made. Jimbo laughed so hard that <laughs> that he was, like, peeing in the corner, and he said, he kept on yelling at Schumer, too. Dude, that comes up in my memories all the time. Probably one of the funniest nights of my life. That was, like, um, something that digs in deep. And, like, the reason why I, I consider that, like, the Army memory is because, like, I never would have met y'all if it wasn't for the Army. But if you're, like, I don't know if you're trying to divulge it into, like, more of a, like, an actual, like, in uniform setting like
0: when i no 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 it's just whatever stands out for you in the service you know
1: those those are the those are the days when i when i laughed hard and drank harder
2: it's (laughs) funny that you say that because i'll never forget the ach and the trench coat and this man just the henny in hand (laughs) 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 all right Dennis. that
1: was the night he got in trouble because he took the picture with the henny in front of my truck remember yes
2: i still have that picture on my phone
1: Yeah. That was a great night.
0: All right, Dennis. We'll do it again. I, I'm. I'm gonna ask you that same th- that same question, Dennis. What's a What's a core memory like? <clears throat> if in ten years from now someone asks you, what was what What's something that stood out to you in the military? What's What's that first memory that you think is gonna pop up?
2: The uh, The first memory that I would definitely think about if someone asked me about my time in the service is definitely the fun times. Obviously, uh, it's hard for me. Same thing as Casey here to hone in on one exact because we had so many good times, you know, going basically basically growing up. I'm gonna say growing up in the army, right? With with you two and all the other boys. But i will definitely say for me at least, is definitely texting all of y'all, being like, Hey, I'm coming to pick you up. We're going to get Dutch Bros. And then we just we just be thinking about shit off the top of our head as we go throughout the day. And I think those memories were definitely some of the most fun times Ever. I'll be I'll be telling my, my grandkids about that shit. So yeah, definitely uh definitely good times sir.
0: I, I agree. You guys are something special. <laughs> All right.
2: Uh, wait, hold Let me let me ask you, Roy. What's one core memory that you went through?
0: Oh man. I I I it you I when I was asking you guys that question, the same scenario just kept popping up in my head. I'm I'm like ashamed of it because of how like fucking stupid I was but it's definitely going to be that memory and it's a story that I still tell to this day it's going to be that time right where i, I, I was at manning's place okay I, I was drinking we were playing warzone okay and we we're there was this coconut rum that he has and it has almost it has no taste to it besides just like a hint of coconut it's literally water <clears throat> and as we're playing like i'm not even paying attention how much we're drinking i drank a lot and i still had a bottle of jack fire at, in my barracks room when we lived together, Guzman, and stuff, right? And so yeah. we finished gaming and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm done for the night. I'm going back to my room. As soon as I enter my room, I hear our neighbor and his music. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, I'm feeling it. I am so fucking drunk at that point. Like, the coconut finally starts hitting me as I'm leaving. And I'm feeling it. That's when I walked in with that jack fire. You guys are all playing Monopoly and shit. And I ended up getting so pissed drunk in his room. That y'all like, he took me and Guzman knows, put me in a fucking bathtub naked. He poured like spaghetti sauce on my fucking head to sober <laughs> me up. I remember, I, I'm, I'm, I remember like sitting there butt ass naked with it in that cold shower with a shriveled dick, just looking at him scribbling like, "Call the squad leader!" Like that's the stupidest thing I could have fucking said. Is call the squad leader at the yep. time. And Little
1: little divulgent right there is when that happened you were in the shower, you were, you were leaned up against the wall and you were pressing up against it. And you're like, you're like, I don't know why is it so cold? It's making my dick shrivel. And, and, uh, the the other sergeant that was there was like, Hey, is that spaghetti sauce old? I'm like, yeah, that's like two months old. He's like, give it to me. I'm like, all right. And he freaking, Oh my God, he opened it. And I thought he's just going to like. Like, put a little on you. He literally opened the curtains and poured it on your head. And it took you about 10 seconds to realize you had tomato sauce on you. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, why is it red? Why is <laughs> it red? I <laughs> know. Uh, you guys said that. You, I, I believe both of you were there at Aubrey's when I was in the bathtub. Fitz was there, Maddie was there. And I was, I, you guys oh. are trying to play that. Remember when I tried to play with the bird? And, and the parakeets.
0: It, yeah. The parakeets. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that was, I kept on shotgunning and then drinking and then mixing drinks. And I was like, dude, I'm so excited for tonight. But I was uh, I was a little too uh, excited. Definitely got way too drunk way too fast.
0: I still got a video of everybody and, uh, standing up. Yeah. Chill as hell. And then I pan over to you, and you're just knocked out on the couch, completely fucking dead. I still yeah, got a video for that. I saw me. on
1: the couch. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And, <laughs> I saw a video of me in st- the bathroom, and she sat down to piss, and she saw my foot hanging out of the bathtub, and she's like, "What the hell is that?" And then she kept, she finished peeing, pulled up her fucking pants, saw it was me, went and got mad at you. and was like, "Hey, he's in the bathtub."
2: I still have that video of me killing the living room, panning over, seeing Aubrey with, like, a party hat, dancing to, like, I think California girls or some shit. Yeah. And everyone else is having a good time. I pan over to you, and you're (laughs) out, gone, in between the couch, like, cushions. (laughs) That's the video. All
0: right. All right. So, party notes. The core memories that stand out is definitely the three of us is young junior enlisted soldiers doing the stupidest, absolutely rambunctious mental shit that we could do in our time. And I, I, I 100% agree. Looking back, it's definitely going to be that shit that's standing out. Right? Well, fuck the the toxic leadership that we may have had in the past or currently, whatever whatever comes to mind. Fuck hanging out in the field and going through some shitty stuff. That's going to be there, but it's going to be those memories that stand out for us. I like that. So just
1: so you guys know. I love the field. So I had a great time in the field. Aubrey may feel different from it. I don't know how Merck feels, but it's
0: I'm a, with you.
1: that's that's the great thing about the army. You get to pick and choose what you love.
0: To All be right. honest,
2: I like the field if I like the people who go who I go with.
0: Facts. Facts. Alright, so my next question for you, Casey, is gonna be um What should new soldiers who soldiers for the army who enlist what should they expect from the moment they sign the contract they go to maps they go to basic they get to the unit their first unit from from like that span what should they expect in that year year and a half period of their time in the military service
1: wait so you're talking like to the first unit or through basic
0: training uh, just just like start at the beginning like maybe share your experience of how you felt when you enlisted, and what they should expect through BASIC based off of your experiences and what you know, and then what it's going to be like from that transition from BASIC to their first unit.
1: So I've got two points to that. One, it's hard to place my points or opinions on something that is ever-changing. Obviously, we all know that the Army is a rotating, just like a a rotating scale. There's always new stuff coming in. There's always new commands. There's always new regiments, regulations, and how things are done. So when if I place my opinions on how basic training went, it's gonna be different from say Roy or say Dennis. So it's hard to place it on that. What I can say that so like for basic training, it's just keep your head up, work through it and make the best time of it as you can because it's honestly, I had a great time basic training. I, I met people that I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life. I, I got disciplined into a man, I could really say, because I was a little boy. And then they turned me into a man because they really, they put responsibilities into my mind that I knew that I need to have. So that's the great thing about base training. It turns the young person that you are into a mature adult as fast as they possibly can, which is absolutely amazing. I wanted to be a drill sergeant for the longest time. I've divulged areas on where I want to go, but I still have the greatest respect for the drill sergeant. As for going to your first unit, the only two things I could say to look forward to is that one, you're going to find people that are just like you and they just want to have a good time and they want to be happy and they want to serve their country. And two, you're going to find people that actually want to make your life better. What I mean by that is NCOs. There are NCOs in this army that are kind of just, they kind of go with the ways, they do what they need to, and that is it. But you will find those absolutely brilliant and excellent NCOs that will do everything they can for you. So they'll they'll try to guide you in the way that they see that you want to go. So say you're a super smart soldier and you just are like just putting out all of this like brilliant energy. You're super fit. They're going to want you to do competitions. They're going to want you to be strong, fast, smart, because competitions are, as much as I hate to say it, it is the one way to set yourself apart from the person to your left and right. So I do believe that they should look forward to as a young soldier being put out there being like hey I'm your soul I'm your sergeant and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that you have every opportunity to do what you want. What I could say for those soldiers joining and getting to their first unit one customs and courtesies. That is something that has fallen apart slowly as new soldiers come in. So when you meet those corporals And those sergeants, you refer to them as, hey, Corporal, uh, I've got a quick question. Parade rest, stand there. Most of them will put you at ease. This way you're able to talk freely. But the one thing that I truly, truly, truly believe is that an NCO is not there to be your friend. They're there to make sure that you have what is needed. Or, my apologies, not have what is needed, but have what is needed for you in order to succeed. Yeah. and in order to do that they cannot be your friend because your friend will tell you what is what you want to hear but the person that is looking out for you will tell you what you need to hear right so right. i have the biggest it's kind of like my little uh what grinds my gears type of thing is that when okay. soldiers think they could talk to me as a friend
0: mm-hmm. i
1: get it like cuz i'm i'm super outgoing i'm super giddy I, I laugh i joke i just love having that like atmosphere around but people mistake that with them trying to be my friend and i am 100 percent willing to be there for you but it takes a lot more than you just joining the army for me to be your friend we have to be in the same ranks we have to have the same ideals like there's so much that goes along with it so when those soldiers come up to their unit they need to one respect the rank that is on the chest of the person in front of you And two, just be understanding that the Army is an ever-going circle. So if there's different types of NCOs that treat you differently, just understand you need to look for the ones that treat you better. And that doesn't always mean fairly, or I don't mean fairly, that treat you the way that you need to be treated in order for you to succeed. And mm-hmm. that's what I believe is fair. Not, oh, yeah, I get it. You've got an appointment. Cool. No, you can skip PT. The real NCO would be like, hey, show up to PT, explain to me where your appointment is. And if you need to, I will drive you to your appointment. Cool. We don't have to be your friend in order to see you succeed. Because realistically, we've all had those leaders that are like, ah, dude, it's fine. Wishy-washy. But it really put us back in the end. So that's, that's what I have to say for the new soldiers.
0: Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I can agree sure. with um especially you pointing customs and courtesies. it's something that I see that kinda just it, it goes out the window these days. Like these these troops don't understand, like, hey, we we are in the position, okay. Um so granted some NCOs might not deserve the rank that they hold, but regardless, they they obtain that rank and we did it. So you should be doing the same thing. Okay. This is this is our traditions. In the army these are our customs and courtesies it's as simple as just go to parade rest say hey sorry what's going on you know relax you know talk to me I'm gonna talk to you like you're human but you got to show me that you still respect me for the position that I'm in cuz I'm a boss now I'm I'm a leader and my goal is to form you and mold you into someone who's gonna do great things in the service and yeah, I definitely like that point that you hit. So with, with that stuff being said, okay. Wait, um, I, just want, I just want to put in something real quick.
2: Uh, for the customer courtesy thing, I totally agree that a lot of – all you got to say is that if we try to do what a lot of these new soldiers are doing nowadays, bro, we would be inside out. We would be part mm-hmm. of the pavement. That's yeah. all I got. You know what I mean? like, It's crazy. That's all I got to say, but –
1: as someone that has had disciplinary actions put against them, like I know what the worst side of it can be because whether what happened to me was stupid or just wrong timing, wrong place, like whatever it may be, like disciplinary actions should be seen as the opportunity for you to restart and become a better soldier, Not you getting upset that you've been yelled at or told to do something and do some workout or do whatever, getting smoked whatever the term may be nowadays, if you get smoked, it is strictly for the point that we don't want to do the paperwork because we don't want to see you fail. Because paperwork nowadays leads directly to a trail of you getting out of the military. So when that NCO smokes you, that is strictly for the point that, hey, we want you to learn this as a core memory, not to ever do it again. For whatever the reason may be. I believe that that's the best Plan of action in those
2: situations. Yeah, because it, it shows them on the spot that they're wrong, but it's not gonna fuck them later on down the line. Absolutely.
0: Awesome stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Um so on the topic of NCOs and molding soldiers and stuff, right? Uh all of us are sergeants. We we all we're all young leaders in the army. Uh sergeant is just an E5, right? But it's a it's a big It's a big step from specialist to sergeant, or even if you hit corporal in between, because at that point you got responsibility, you got people to lead. So with that being said, um, Casey, what have you learned about being a young leader in the Army? What have you learned about being a sergeant so far?
1: What I've learned is that every single soldier has their own things, quirks about them. Like, you can meet one soldier, and they're strictly about working out. They're strictly about this or strictly about that, but they don't save time for themselves. I mean, there's someone that may be the opposite. They they only want to make sure they have that time for themselves, and they want to they wanna make sure that they are growing as a person outside of the Army as much as they are inside the Army. And me, as an NCO, I'm a very uh, intuitive person. So I can read body language very well. I can understand. I can see how you talk when you move, like I will walk up to a soldier and I'll see if they're down be like, hey what's going on? Like, what's up? And they'll be like, hey sergeant. I'm like, no, no, no I'm talking to you as Casey right now. That is Sergeant G. Like, like let me let me know what's going on because uh, honestly it's gonna be the truest thing ever. Like mental health is the biggest problem that we have nowadays. So that's what I worry about. And there's been a a plethora of soldiers that have came up to me and they're like, hey Sergeant, like I want to talk to you because you seem like someone you can talk to. I'm like, fine, like, explain to me what's going on. I promise you I'll get you every resource, if it's not me myself, to help you out. Like, The main thing I learned as a young NCO is to listen carefully and don't be afraid to jump in and try to adjust the situation for the better. What I mean for that is when I went back to if you smoke someone, If you see a soldier blatantly doing something wrong, don't be afraid to bite that in the ass. Be like, hey, knock that shit off. That's not what's meant to be done right now. We're doing something else. Or if someone's in a type of mood where you don't know what's going on, like go up to it carefully and be like, hey, what's going on? Like You just don't seem like yourself today because that is our responsibility as an NCO. Our soldiers are our main responsibility. Mm -hmm. As much as we want to divulge into our own era or our own... Way in the army, we have to understand that we have people that go to us for help. We're a boss. Mm-hmm. What do employees do? They go to the boss when situ- in situations where they need help. That is our main goal. I didn't really know that as a soldier because I was I was a E four team leader, and I was kind of they kind of gave me easier soldiers per se that were able to like I was able to be like, hey, like I know we're all around the same rank, but I'm the team leader, so I'm just gonna be divulging information. If you need something, come to me. But I also have a leader role, so understand that. Like give me the respect I deserve.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing man. Uh Dennis, what about you?
2: I'm so what was the question again? I said Dennis, what about you man? No, like what was he? Oh. <laughs> uh I
0: forgot. what have you learned about being a young leader in the army as a, as a young sergeant? What have you learned so far?
2: <laughs> um so one of the biggest things I've learned as, you know, a young leader and everything is that you, you're gonna have to adapt on the fly, definitely. Because uh, obviously not every not everything is going to go as planned. Not every mission is set stone. You're not always going to have one hundred percent success rate on everything. Um, it also depends on you know every person is different. Every soldier might be going through their own different thing, and it's going to be your job to try to care for each individual soldier. So one soldier, you know, could be the type that he needs to learn the hard way to actually you know get through his hot head. Or maybe the, and then the next soldier can just be maybe a stern talking to, and he'll learn that way. So, it was definitely one of the biggest things was learning how to fluctuate between the, the two moods or two uh, or multiple different understandings for different soldiers to mm. make sure that they get taken care of out of uh, everything else that's going on in your life.
0: I like that. I like that too. All right. So, we're coming up on about uh, 10 minutes, guys. And I see we're getting. Pretty deep into this conversation, I got no problem uh, stopping for a minute and then restarting the zoom. Okay, um, right. so something you had that we had pre-talked about, Guzman, was um, the expectations as a soldier in the army. So another topic I kind of wanted to hit on when it came to the expectations is officers. So um, most people know you got enlisted and you have officers, and then there's like warrant officers and stuff, right? But those those are like the unicorn. Of the army, right? You don't see that shit. You do see one, you're like, Holy fuck, I saw a myth. And it's like, oh I wanna I take a it. I wanna take a picture of that thing and fucking say yeah. I saw it as like warrant officers are the bigfoot of the army, you know? It's like you're going through base and you see one, you're like, No shit, get the camera guys. It's a fucking warrant. Yeah. But the question that I wanna ask is what what should you expect from an officer? You know, what are they like?
1: Be brutally honest, uh officers are very, 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 I can't think of the right way to say
0: it. I, I thought you was going to say dumb, and I was like, facts. <laughs> hey, you're still in the military. That, the
1: They're, They're fucking super smart, like every single one of them. The problem that I have is that, not even a problem, the thing that I see with officers is that when you first meet them, they have, like, everyone wants to chip away that uniform, and they want to see who you are. Where officers don't do that. Mm-hmm. Officers are strictly army, strictly business, twenty-four-seven, and there's nothing around it. You'll have those few that get to know you. They're they're cool. They'll come up and they'll be like, "Hey, what's up, Casey? What's going on?" And they'll use you by your first name, and you're like, "Oh, sir, what's up? How's it going?" You could joke with them, tit for tat, that type of stuff. What I think you should expect from officers is one, they should they should listen to what you have to say because they are not the one doing the in and out of every day for every little task that may be done. Two, they are the end-all be-all for what needs to happen. So they say, hey, go clear out the connex and search for this one pin. You have to do that. Don't, Don't get upset about it. Don't get mad because there's a reason for it. That's something that I failed to see as a young soldier. Officers are very smart, and they have higher leadership that they deal with, the company commander, this, that, and the other, but they do things for specific reasons. They're extremely intelligent. They're extremely by the books, and that's okay. Officers are there to guide us in the direction that we need so that us as NCOs can lead the way from the front. They give the information that is needed. That's, what, that's truly what I believe that you should expect from an officer. And if they are a little bit weird here or there, like they might be not as personable as an NCO, but that's okay. They're not there to be personable. They're there to get the job done and guide people in the way so this way the job done is correct. Job, the job done is correct.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, my opinion differs a little bit slightly. I don't think all of them. Are as intelligent as they seem. Um, I, I've Look, had uh, a lot of experiences with officers, but there are a lot of smart ones. But there's also a lot of dumb ones, and that could be the same said for NCOs and and soldiers as well. It's if
1: I could just like rebuttal that, Aubrey. Like I think what you're talking about is them as a person and how they handle things. The general overall aspect of an officer is what I said. They they. They're there to push out information and be the end-all, be-all for that platoon. Yes. From left to right, they may be a little weird. They may be a little, Mm -hmm. what's going on? They may be like, what the hell did you just say? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. You could be like, hey, sir, by the way, I was on this road the other day. Down there at the right, there's a blockade and you can't get through there. And he'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Or she might be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're going to go down there and make a right. It's like what the hell, sir, ma'am? I just said, like, 15 minutes ago that that place is blocked up. Like, they're not, like, not everyone's the brightest bulb in the box, but Mm -hmm. the aspect of them is what I was trying to explain. Yes, Aubrey's 100% right. (laughs) I've met some ones that are not the sharpest tool in the shed. I've met some that, I've met some that literally can't use our main firearm to save their life but in other aspects they were absolutely outstanding they can't all be perfect like me that's all I'm trying to say to <laughs>
0: facts. All, so right, uh, all right I
2: want I want to say from a place that is training officers like <laughs> at this very moment some of these newer like cadets bro, they need to pull their head out of their ass <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, oh, like shit, I forgot where you're at. Yeah. I'm I'm worried for the future of the officers because a lot of these cadets that I've seen, like they they don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm gonna say how it is. They don't give a fuck. Hopefully that will change. I don't know. I know like the whole officer training procedure where like depending on where you test or how good you do, you go to active with National Guard and most of the good ones, since we aren't active, you know, we we've seen most of the active officers, so obviously they score the highest of the class. But, obviously, like like both of you said, there are onesies and twosies that you're like, okay, what are you doing, dude? <laughs>
1: you can't drive the Humvee that way. There's a ditch.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, and then that's when he says, get out of the Humvee and build a bridge. All right.
1: I tell him to go fuck yourself.
0: Amen. You go build a bridge <laughs> while I make my coffee. <laughs> that that, that
1: go get my Starbucks.
0: And that MRE coffee be hitting bridge. different.
1: Peasant NCOs,
0: you're like, sir.
1: This is my seventh cigarette of the day. No way we're building no goddamn
0: bridge, sir. (laughs) Do you even know what a divorce is, sir? Come on. (laughs) Have you? How how many DUIs do you have? You know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is that way though. Like it's just a different aspect as per officers to enlisted. I have been obliged and the pleasure to in interact with some absolutely outstanding officers that push that aside and they learn to they learn to interact with you as a person. Like yes, mm-hmm. I've had a few beers with some officers. Yes, I've I've seen officers at bars and they bought me a drink and I bought them a shot. Like there's there's some officers that do that, but they understand that when it comes to work, this is me. This is who I am as an officer when we're off work. We can interact. We're not going to push the boundary and go hang out every weekend and buy a house together or some stupid shit like that. Like They they have that line, and that's what I appreciate with officers. There's definitely some officers that I just want to... Shut up! What? Uh, (laughs) It is what it is. I'll get frustrated with certain people. (laughs) uh, Hey, by the way, this is a Glock.
0: (laughs) So, all right, Guzman. So... Before we hit the record button stuff in the beginning, all right, you were talking about how you go for selection. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and let us know what selection is.
1: So selection is uh, Special Forces Assessment and Selection, SFAS, and it is held in North Carolina, uh, probably about 40 minutes away from Fort Bragg and Camp McCall. It is the hardest, and what I mean is the hardest, military selection in the world. For 21 days, you are putting everything you have on the line in order to have a chance at being selected, and the entire time you do not know how you're doing. Uh-huh. What I mean by that is that they are judging you from the second you get there until the second you leave. They do not. They do not stop. They're they're 24 seven. They are watching you. They're making sure you're running when you're supposed to be running, and rucking when you're supposed to be rucking. You're not walking too much. You're not. You're not being lackadaisical. You're not talking too much. You're not sitting there trying to converse with other people just because you can. They're trying to see that you have your eye on the prize. There is so many different sections to it. It is absolutely the best and hardest training that anyone could ever do by far.
0: Okay. So you, you told me. All right. That's not oh, a bad thing.
1: Besides, uh, besides um, delta selection. That is one above us.
0: One above it. Okay. So there's selection and then Delta selection. Okay. So in, before we hit that record button, you said that you had went and you had failed your first one. Okay. Yeah. So with that in mind, you, you communicated that you wanted to go again and give it another shot. Absolutely. What yeah. what, what are you going to do differently to be successful this second try?
1: So 100% honest, you guys, I was 100% prepared for that. Like... Mm -hmm. you guys have seen me perform you guys have seen me like i i'm able to do all these physical things it's like there is a mental aspect to it that i promise you you guys would never fucking see unless you did it it's like the best way i could put it is imagine you're stranded on a deserted island and you have to figure out life for 21 days it's like your your body's falling apart. Your mind doesn't know what's doing. You don't know if you want to fail or succeed. You don't know if you're hungry or tired or thirsty or you don't know what's going on. Your mind is telling you all these different things and it just cuts you apart. What I would do differently at the second one is I would be more physically prepared. Right? So when I went to SFAS last time, I was about 158 pounds. Right now, I'm sitting at like 172, 173. I'm trying to get up to about 200 pounds because statistically, if you're over 185 pounds, you have a great, you have almost a 30% chance of passing selection. I almost passed with only being 158. Well, at the end of it, I was only 140 pounds. So I lost 18 pounds in a matter of 16 days. That like, that variable is what I believe caused me to be so not ready. I also, I rushed it a little bit due to GT scores and the ability to do all this stuff, a bunch of stuff. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, I want to be more physically prepared. This way, my mental aspect can deal with it better.
0: Okay, so if you could give somebody one piece of advice who wants to go do selection as well, what would that be?
1: Fuck,
2: dude, I don't know.
1: So... You have to be ready to be miserable. Just plain and simple. Like you're not gonna have a good time. You're not gonna love any second of it. Bruce you're gonna soap. be. You're gonna be absolutely fucking miserable. And you have to be able to go through misery and come out on the other side. Like, imagine you're doing a ruck, and it's twelve miles, and you got thirty-five pounds in your bag. And you get to the end of it, and you're like, "Oh, dude, thank God I'm done." And they're like, "That was only half." You get to the 24 mile mark, and you're you're sucking. You've been pushing, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not even close to done." And that's only on day mm-hmm. one. Like, goddamn, you have to be ready to be miserable. That was just a an example that they they didn't do it there, but that's an example that I could give you that best describes it.
0: Okay. Awesome, thanks for that, man. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing. So, Selection, expect hell, because hell is what you'll receive.
2: Then just beyond keep hell.
0: on pushing. Beyond hell. Grace the it, suck. Satan ain't got shit on fucking Selection. Yeah, I you. Gotcha. What
1: I'm saying is that Satan would weep.
0: Satan would cry. He ain't like Johnny winning that gold, golden fiddle. It's worse for him.
2: Oh my god, dude. That's if why I'm we're the, the part best homer in the world. <laughs>
0: Fake facts. All right, so I'm going to go ahead with another topic change for you, Nero Casey. Um, so when we were talking, I, I believe about, yeah, we were, we were talking about young leaders in the Army and stuff, and you were given a, a couple examples of what you had learned as a young leader. You, you hit on the, there was something you mentioned about well-being of soldiers, right, and making sure that they're okay they're fine. Our job as leaders is to check up on them and stuff, right? Um, something I'd like to point out is that you can care, you can be a really empathetic leader, but when it comes down to mental health things, we're, we're not professionals in it. So that brings me up to the point of behavioral health resources in the military, right? How do, how do you feel about behavioral health resources? Um, have you ever recommended it to a soldier? Have you ever attended yourself if you're okay with sharing? And if you have what's your experiences in regards to the behavioral health resources in the army?
1: Uh, one, I've never gone to behavioral health and for two reasons. One, I've never needed it. I, I, I have a certain belief. Like I believe in God and I believe in all this other stuff. Like I have him, I have him on my arm at all times. He's mm-hmm. always right there next to me. Like I, I believe that there are other things, but I also believe. And, and like personally as me, I've never gotten that down. Like, I, I am blessed to have Maddie, who has changed my life for the better. She's the person I go to. She's my rock. She's everything. If ever, any, like, if I have a day where I feel so shitty, I can go to her and be like, babe, like, I'm, I'm fucked up. Like, I, I, I need someone to talk to. And she's able to be there for me. I think that the mental health resources in the Army are excellent. I, I don't know the in and outs of it, though. So I can't pertain to be like they are the best or they are end-all, be-all, like, I don't know. I do know that they do help people all the time, and it is absolutely worth it. In the Army, they they praise mental health. They praise uh, going to behavioral health. They praise all this stuff, where I think it's more, I think what they need to take the turn on is more of being able to indulge your life with those leaders in front of you because I promise you most of the leaders that I work with nowadays they've been through it and they can give you guidance they can help you hey if you're feeling this type of way and you don't want to be around nobody I offer you my house I offer you my couch I offer you a, a guidance I offer you whatever you need like I promise you it's not it's not as simple as you are having a bad day, go to behavioral health. It's more complex and it would be so much easier if the soldiers relied on the NCOs when that time comes that they need it. So I think that's that's the that's the reasoning I have. I know mental health people have been to mental health, then they always they always come out on top when they go there on their own. It's mm-hmm. when you get as we say from Carson, put to the fifth floor. That's when things can be a little, a little iffy.
2: So, okay. so what you're saying is that the overall army uh, health system, like you know, like the behavioral health and everything, you think it's better to like go to the NCOs, and you think the NCOs are should be doing a better job for helping that soldier with that. So,
1: not particularly. What I'm saying is that don't discredit. The NCOs that are in front of you, and just go straight to mental health, because it can put you in a path that makes you. Because let's be honest, there's there's a statistic, there's a there's a stereotype like if you have mental health, you're not going to be a good soldier, like that like this and the other. There are all those people that believe that, and if you just go straight to behavior health, that may be a downside when you could get that help from an NCO, a battle buddy. Uh, anybody that's just the random pizza guy that you decide to talk to. Like there is those, like don't just sit by yourself and mourn in your own mind because you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that you should reach out as much as you can. And if you get turned, turned away, first of all, if anyone turns you away, they're absolutely scum of the earth piece of shit. Second of all,
2: it's not only it's not
0: everyone is like that okay okay yeah i I, I, I agree with uh, a lot of the things you're saying about behavioral health i do think it's a, a a wonderful resource and people should be able to utilize it a little bit more um if there's something that i could change with the resources that we do have regarding mental health would be so there, there's two because I, I i self-admitted myself into behavioral health um for some issues that I've had for a long time that I wanted to go like discuss with a professional and see if I can get better. Um, my experience didn't go well. And that's, and I believe that's only because of the two types of ways you can get into mental health or behavior health. Right. So you can self admit yourself, be like, Hey, I need someone to talk to. I'm, I'm feeling down and I want to work through some of the issues that I have. Right. Self admitting. I think it's a very, Uh, an honorable thing you know you recognize that you have a problem you want to get it fixed and that's and that's great like go do that that's that's you know what you need take care of that issue when you can and utilize those resources because they're there for free uh, in the army but the the problem that i have with behavioral health is that a lot of people these days get command referred for behavioral health meaning that they can't They can't not go to these appointments like they're they are required by the Uniform Code of Military Justice as a lawful order to go to these behavioral health things and these appointments. Right. But there's so many people in the army that are command referred now and required to go to behavioral health. When somebody self admits they're they're not a priority. They're not a priority. Their appointments come second. Right. You can, I mean, you can take your appointment, schedule them as is, but behavioral health, it's so backed out. When I called and told them like, hey, I want to schedule an appointment, talk to somebody. I got some stuff that I want to work through. It took me two and a half months for my first appointment. Two and a half months. And it's nothing against them because I know they got a lot of work for them. Right? They got a lot of work cut out. But it's when it comes down to the command referred, if they get command referred and they have to go depending on the severity, they can get like a a week appointment, they can get like a two-week appointment, get in there, squeeze in there, somehow they're going to get in there because they, the command referred, they're required by the Uniform Code of Military Justice, UCMJ. So I, I agree that it is a wonderful resource and you utilize it where you can, um, but I think the flaw is when commanders are requiring their soldiers to go because they're, they're taking away from people that self-admit and need genuine help and recognize that problem because if you don't recognize that you have a problem you don't want to get it fixed then going's not going to get you better period and and that that's my personal experience with behavioral health and but i, I agree totally with what you're saying absolutely great resource utilize it don't take away from the nco's to there to help you and be there for you um, but if you feel you need to go just communicate with your nco first be like hey hey sergeant um, i'm feeling a certain way i'm down um I don't know how to talk about it. Um, it's nothing against you. I don't know really how to communicate this to you. So I'd like to seek professional help. Um, this is when my appointment is. Or, hey, sir, I don't know how to seek professional help. Got you, brother. This is how you're going to do it, okay? Let me know when you get an appointment. We'll get you set. And um, and then as an NCO, our job is to be like, hey, how the appointment's going? Hey, you feeling good today? You doing you doing all right? What's on your mind? You don't talk about anything? Or you want to keep it for the appointments? That's fine too, brother. Do what you got to do. Take care of yourself. That's what our resources are there for. And, yeah. That's that's my personal experience. Command-referred command, refers. command referred people are taken away from the people that really want to go there and get help. The
1: um, people you talk to with those um, degrees in order to, that are prescribed to you in those situations are better than per se like if me or Dennis talked to you
0: ask that again sorry
1: so you go to behavior health for the, for the uh the instance that you did and yeah. you're waiting all this time Do you think that you would have had the same help if you just talked to like like someone that you truly like like to talk to and they can understand you like say uh your brother or or dennis or me like do you think that it's better to talk to behavioral health or do you think that it can be just as helpful to talk to someone truly that you that you know would have your back in your
0: um i think that both have amazing benefits truly you know talk to a friend talk to your brother talk to a sister uh when it comes down to something like that you know you they know you on a more personal level right they know um, if depending on how long they know if you're bullshitting or they know how to give you real facts and uh, they, they just know you. So there's a bias to what you discuss with them as well, right? You, you say this stuff, let's say, like as military police, right? We've probably come across a suicide or two in our time and that really fucks with the head, right? If I come to you and I talk to you about it, you, you have that experience as well. But there's, there's bias to it because there's... there's different experiences and a lot of times like if i shared my experience with you you're going to want to share your experience with me most likely right and that's just kind of how it goes when you go to a behavioral health specialist they're required by law not to be biased they can talk shit behind your back all you want you don't know them you just know them as your therapist that you go and talk to right but they're required by law to not be biased and help you root down through your problem right and if you share something with them like, Hey, this is what I saw. Um, 99.9% of the time, they're probably not going to share their experiences. They might, depending on, you know, what you've working through. And that might help you if they determine that's the route that they want to take as the professional therapist to go down that route. But most of the times, it's like, Hey, this is what I'm going through. And they're like, I hear you. Okay. So, so plan- how are we going to plan- work through this?
1: So to play, my bad. Go ahead. So to play devil's advocate, like when you say bias, like it could go both ways though. Like that, like so. Say you came to me with something. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be biased because, like, you're my brother. Like, you're one of the closest people I have. Like, you have I have some of the fondest memories with you. So obviously, I care for you. I would think that if I am able to talk to you and you have that ability to talk to me, I would feel so much better that you talk to me because you're expressing that emotion with me. So I would say that's mm-hmm. positive bias. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll be like, what do you need? Like, I will call people for you like this, that, and the other, like where I feel as like, and this is just my personal, like it, it may differ from person to person. Mm-hmm. Therapist when they don't have a bias, it feels, in my opinion, it feels that they don't have to care as much. Does that make sense? Like, they, they, yeah. have to have, they have to have no bias. That means that they can't have any opinion. They can't have any emotion. Like, if I get emotional with you because of what's going on and I don't share anything that I've been through, I feel like I'm willing to be more up to date mm-hmm. in your life after that situation. So that's like – that's my say on that. Obviously, there's negative bias if you talk to someone and they're like, they're like, dude, just get over it. You're being a fucking pussy.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: obviously that's not the right thing but there can be negative and positive bias
2: to be so I'm gonna throw my own little personal opinion right like for me example right you guys know me for what four fucking almost five years now and even then even then you guys are (laughs) even then you guys are still like definitely my closest friends 100% Mm -hmm. and you know I don't really talk a lot about you know my personal feelings and also this this is where the topic brings up on is that it also depends on the person in my personal opinion right because like if i'm if i'm not cause if i know myself i'm not really willing to open up fully to even one of my closest friends i know damn straight i ain't gonna fully open up to some stranger that doesn't you know for even though she does it for a living or he does it for a living as a work a job i'm not gonna be feeling like obliged to open up to a random person than more opposed to a friend so i would agree with both you on this is like if i would talk to a friend it'd be better because uh they can share experiences with you and like how you said, Roy, how, or Casey, is that they can be unbiased and they wouldn't be obliged to open up their own experiences to it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of the reason why I decided to give behavioral health a try as well, and I'm sure a lot of people can agree with this, um, who've gone through similar things you know suffered with depression been down been through a lot of shit and stuff right it, it, it self-image comes into it a lot as well you know when you're really close to your friends you don't always want to seem vulnerable when you're going through some shit you know and it's really nice to go to somebody who you can completely obliterate your self-image in your own eyes and be you know come clean to and then never see them again after you get that shit out that you need to get out you know so I think self-image is another big thing that makes uh, people rather go talk to somebody that they don't know and give therapy a try, go through the behavioral health resources. Yeah. <laughs> Any more Absolutely. on that topic?
1: Yep. No, I believe that was a good topic.
2: Yep. I think it was mm-hmm. a good, uh good standing point.
0: That's good. All right. So my final question for you, Casey G, Casey G. All right. So, you had mentioned that you have gone through military punishment. Okay. As both Dennis and I know you you've received an article fifteen. If you would like field. to share this a field grade. This was a field grade article fifteen? Field grade article fifteen. You have received it. If you would like to share that story, I would like the our listeners to hear that story. Absolutely. Um but um, the, question, the question at the end of your story is going to be, can you bounce back from an Article 15? Is there a greener side after receiving a punishment such as an Article 15 in the Army?
1: I've got the perfect answer. So the way my story goes, I'm obviously going to leave out a lot of the details that happened because it may give the wrong idea or the situation may be yeah. less... Of course, favorable. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what happened was I was... so. COVID-19 was a very active thing in the military, and I am a very active person. I like to go and hang out. This is before I, I had a, a, a wife. This is before I even had a girlfriend. Like, So I had a friend that was like, hey, do you want to go to a bonfire nearby and hang out with some people, try to get to know some people, meet some girls, that type of thing. I was like, yeah, absolutely. What I didn't know is that General One Alpha for COVID-19 restrictions and RADIUS came out. Literally the exact same time I was leaving for this bonfire. So I went to this bonfire, and my team leader at the time needed some military awards or not awards, uh, cyber awareness. He needed cyber awareness from me. And I didn't know about it because. What's, it, it what's
0: cyber awareness?
1: Cyber awareness. The, the, the online. Um, certificate that we do in order to realize that some of the things we do online can be pushed to uh, the enemy in order to gain
0: okay uh, so gain
1: something over us a, so, a
0: training certificate online training that's required and so okay. yeah. yeah 350-1 yeah
1: okay. 350-1 that's what that's what he was asking for so I didn't know about it and then I was stupidly I was underage and I was drinking and I was doing that, this, that, and the other, and then I got a call from my squad leader saying, hey, where are you at? I told them where I was at. I was at a bonfire over here, and they're like, you need to get back to base right now. But due to intoxication, that's not what she said to me. She said, stay right there. I'm going to come and get you. I realized that I was too drunk to drive, and the person I was with was too drunk to drive. So in the honest opportunity, we asked other people to drive us. So we're driving down this dirt road in the middle of Bumblefuck. <laughs> and two sheriff's officers are coming down the road like this. And then they split off and they cut off the road and they turn on their lights. They pull us over, blah, 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 this that, and the other. They pull us out of the cars, all this stuff. They realized that we were underage drinking. They tried to claim him as the, he was doing other stuff, whatever. And what it came down to is that they didn't arrest us. They just took us to the sheriff's office in the local area, and I got picked up by my team or my, in my squad, and they reprimanded me, mm-hmm. but they also pushed it up, so I had to be disciplined for the wrongdoing that I did, which is being outside the area. May I have my gripes about it? Yes. There's a few things I could say, but it's not worth it. I'm over it. It's, mm-hmm. it's done. In the end of it, I got a field grade Article 15. It got read to me. But one, two things I can say. One, since I had such an outstanding record inside of our battalion, our Sergeant Major and our Battalion Commander stood up for me, as well as First Sergeant. First Sergeant was on the phone with the Sergeant Major when it happened, and he said, yeah, this dumbass fucked up, but he's a good soldier. Mm-hmm. I know what he can do, and I know what he's able to become an army so we should not do the worst cool and basically what happened is usually during a field where gr- field grade article 15 reduction in rank reduced pay 45 and 45 which is 45 days extra duty 45 days restricted to post i only got a reduction in rank so they they definitely helped me out when the article was read to me i was in my barracks room because i had to be quarantined because of Covid nineteen. They didn't want me to spread if I had it. The sergeant major was standing next to me, and he was explaining to what to do during it. He was like, "Hey, Guzmán. My bad. Hey, Casey. Oh,
0: now they know. Yeah, now they know. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: hey, go to go to attention. Go to parade rest. Salute. And at the end of it, he shook my hand. And he said, I know who you are. This will not keep you down. That was the greatest leadership we've ever had. And if you guys remember early on in Carson, you remember the the Sergeant Major and the BC I'm talking about.
0: Exactly,
2: Thompson, <laughs> And and
1: first Sergeant. I, yep. I bless them every day. I love them because they saved me. To your question, Aubrey, do you think you can come back from our 15? Absolutely. But... You have to want it. There's people, strictly speaking, the other person that it happened to me with, he, he kind of got stuck in a groove, and it kind of kept him at a stalemate for a while. Whereas eight months later, I got, or six months later, I got back to specialist, and only a few months after that, I was able to go to promotion board in order to become a sergeant, an NCO. So I pushed every single day. I went to multiple competitions and won every single one of them. I went every situation that it needed me, I was there. Like I proved that that was a one-time thing and it won't happen again. So yes, you can get over it, but you have to want it. Yes, it is very easy to be down on yourself. Oh my God, I messed up. This, I, I can't, I'm never mm-hmm. going to get out of this. There's nothing you can't get out of. It. There's people that are literally in the worst every day and tomorrow they're better. What is changing that from a simple mistake you made in the military to move on compared to all these people that have so much worse and they get out of it? That was my mindset. So, yes, you can.
0: Awesome.
2: Thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah, that's that's some solid advice. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that can agree who have experienced the same thing. You can bounce back from just about anything – but the the thing that you gotta want the most is to be able to bounce back. You gotta you gotta want to bounce back. You can't just suffer something as egregious as that punishment and then not want to do anything to get better. You know, take it as it is. You got, do more. You
2: gotta you gotta have that
0: dog in you. you gotta-, <laughs> yeah,
1: gotta. dog. And just to say, every time that Merkling says thank you for sharing, it feels like an AA meeting.
0: <laughs>
2: please tell me more about how you like to
0: drink we'll 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 get better when it comes down to these like replies on the podcast and stuff this is this is something very new to me um and new to dennis as well um i'll just i'll just say (laughs) so a lot of inspiration that really gave um jimbo myself and dennis this little push to start you know being the voice of the little guys giving people that aren't famous you know just everyday folk a uh, chance to speak on a platform that hopefully we can we continue to grow and pull more people in that want to actually listen to us and stuff you know and hear the everyday folk you know people that aren't on fucking saturday night live talking about something doing some clown shit or yeah, you know just shit. just not famous sure. you know people that have opinions that that honestly Deserve to be heard, you know. And,
1: um, and just to say this real quick, so there's people that were in the military, and they get to a certain amount of uh, fame, and they have to cut off a lot of what they believe because people will cancel them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where I believe is a young a young podcast. You're able to keep that shit real hey this is the way it is this is how it happens and that's a great thing about a young podcast and yeah dude i appreciate it like it's like i saw it on i saw your guys' uh, stuff on tiktok and i was like dude that like that hit home like i was like dude this is awesome fuck yeah like i knew you guys were always merc always talked about youtube mm-hmm. albert you're always been an enlightening person <laughs> Jimbo's always been spirited Aww. So like it's just like able like actually putting into action is the best part. And that's what I appreciate. And that's why like if I could ever come back on this podcast, however many times, I will. Like absolutely. I'll talk about anything.
2: Oh, we're definitely gonna have you back. Don't worry about
0: it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need content. And I mean, as cute as Jimbo and I or Jimbo, Dennis and I are, we need a couple other cute faces, you know.
2: Yeah, dude, I'm I, you, cutest, so. I just wanna stay as a statement. You know, this whole podcast, you know, for educational purposes, we're not bashing the army in any way. We like to keep it real here. We're sharing experiences. And this is for some of the younger troops, new leaders, or even retired. All right. I just want to push it out there. Just saying.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And and
1: with that realness, we all have our gripes. Like, we all have that thing, like those things that we're like, dude, this... This sucks. Like, we don't like this. We don't like that. Like that, but to push out the good stuff doesn't happen anymore. We only mm-hmm. harp on the bad stuff. So it's good to put out on the Brotherly podcast that we we appreciate and we love the Army and that like everything it's done for us. Merck mm-hmm. did a phenomenal five years. Aubrey has a child. He has a wife. Like he's still going in the army. And I plan on doing as long as I can, while also joining SOCOM. Like, so, with everything that's happened to us, and all our gripes we may have, we still have ambition. We still have, uh, a, a, we want to strive for something more, and I believe that's Mm -hmm. all comes down to the Army.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If we ever do talk some shit, remember, it's an opinion. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one, right? You know what I mean? So, don't, yeah, take it 30, don't take it too hard. Don't take it to heart.
1: don't wipe. Some people got stank booty. <laughs> hey, swamp ass down, like, in the heat, dude, it sucks. If you're up in the cold, you freeze your dudes. Like, but some,
2: some people be smelling like pig toes, but you know
0: how it <laughs> Yeah, lucky this shit's marked as explicit. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all right. Fuck
0: them. Yeah, well, so we're coming up
2: on time here. We got three minutes left.
0: Yep. All right. Well, To anyone that's listen, whether that be on TikTok, which is our main platform right now, to the people that have actually tuned in to Spotify, uh, if you don't know, we got iHeartRadio available now. You can jump on to the podcast on iHeartRadio. It's there. Um, We got a couple other stuff, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all, all the main three boys that we got running this podcast right now. We're all taking a huge part in being as interactive as we can. If you don't know... Casey, utilize an opportunity that we just pushed out, right? We want to hear your voices. We want to hear... Right now, we're really harping and focusing on military experience. We want to really hone to that audience and get um, a good hearing in on it. So if you have served whether you're a veteran or active duty military, we want to hear your voice and we want to hear your opinions and we want to have a, a good conversation. Okay. And if that's something that you're about doing and if you made it all the way through this podcast, I appreciate that. I love you for it. Fill out our love guest you. waivers, fill out the guest waiver that we got in the link tree in our bios. Uh, it should be in all the, um, you'll be able to find it. It's not hard. It's a six page document. Just pretty much states that, Hey, I wanna be a guest, but I'm not gonna sue you for using me as content kind of thing. Yeah. All right. We I love do, you guys. I do wanna put April.
2: out there. I do want to put out there as well is that hey, upvote upvote the podcast, like, favorite, share it. And if we get if you get more uh attention, then yeah, we can go live one day or maybe over on Twitch or maybe some other live platforms, all right? But we all wanna thank you from the Brotherly Talk podcast for listening in. We love you all. Hope you guys all have a wonderful and fantastic day, all right?
0: All uh, right, Guzman, you're the guest. You get the final love use.
2: All right. So, guys, I appreciate you having me on here. It's
1: been absolutely phenomenal. All I want to say is that a podcast is a great outreach to the people that we have around us That to keep striving for it. And that the biggest thing I could say is that if you find someone on this podcast that you'd like to hear, definitely reach out and be like, hey, I want to hear about Aubrey's experience, I want to hear about Dennis's experience. I would like Casey to come back on and talk about whatever. I would like this person, that person. Like, it's it's good to ask those questions to get the common ground that you want to hear. Like, just reach out. Like, at the simplest of it. So, hey guys, I appreciate it. It's been awesome.
2: Of course, thank you for uh, being on today.
0: All right, guys, tune into the next one. We love you.